great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, you are half right, Okimosabi. Chris Walton is still out uh, sick. Rick Worthington in, at least for a little while this morning. Yeah, today's kind of a big day. I mean, not in terms of Chris Walton being gone. Sorry. <laughs> I know, that, I was, that was mean. <laughs> Today's a big day. Chris Walton is gone. All right. Yeah, well, I we know to, how you feel about Chris now. Thanks. I have to leave the show early today because today's the day I, I close on my house. So I I had not really intended to be here today, but with uh, Chris still a little under the weather, I'm, I'm going to pinch hit for a while, and then I'm going to leave you alone for the last hour of the show. You going to be all right? No, uh, I'm, we're just going to have an hour right. and a half. Well, of, here uh, comes the big tank, folks. Of silence. <laughs> Dead air and silence. Well, sometimes that's a blessing, Mike. Uh, the Dow is down 134 points uh, as we wake up and get going in the futures. Uh, as we wake up this morning, of course, um, you already probably know Boise State won last night, which is, is good, but the uh, best thing is now they're in first place. Because, Tied for first. Because San Diego... State um, lost last night. Nevada's undefeated at home. And this just goes to what we talked about earlier this year. Um, you and I have talked about it. We've talked about this with Bob Beeler. If you can win at home and steal a couple of road wins against top-tier teams, you're going to mm-hmm. be in pretty pretty good shape. And one of those top-tier teams, San Diego State, in Boise State plays at San Diego State this coming Friday night in a huge game, which will be for first place. Winner yep. of that game will be in first Alone place. Alone in first place. Um, so if you could steal that game. However, there were some injuries last night, so I don't know how that's going to shake out. Hopefully that's not a big deal, but you're right. There were some injuries last night for Boise State that we're a little concerned about. Um, we lost, uh, what's his name, Najee. And I just forgot his last name off the top of my head uh, at, in the first half. He mm-hmm. did cut, not come back in the second half, unfortunately, which doesn't look uh, Smith? real. Yeah. yeah, Najee Smith. And then uh, our point guard, who has been hurting all season long, went out with a couple minutes left to go. Shaver. In the uh, uh, game, but uh, Boise State was able to pull that out probably a little closer than people uh, had hoped against Air Force, but well, Air a win Force is a win is on the stingy, road. You yeah. know, they they play hard. They play good defense. Yeah, I mean that that's a team that does run a lot. You know, I I like the old saying that uh, you know the the great ball players make the average ball players look bad in the fourth quarter because average ball players are always tired. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you a great player. And I, I thought that was the case last night with Boise State, that they just might have had a little bit more in the tank, but Air Force didn't make it easy on them. That was couple, a good one. A couple of things uh, beyond that that we'll be talking about today. Uh, apparently, there's a new transgender bill introduced in the Idaho legislature. We'll talk about that, similar to the one that you guys uh, you talked about when I was sick on Monday. That's not what had my attention last night. That, that's that's another thing we'll talk about here before we uh, get to one of the other things. And these are these are going to come up later in the show. Uh, former Boise City Councilman's campaign fund spending is raising questions. Uh, we will talk about that. And, of course, the big news last night, it was nice to find out that it wasn't as big as it really could have been, but there was a lot of consternation and fear at the uh, Boise Town Square yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I got wind of this 
Oh, I guess it was about five thirty, six o'clock when I heard about it. I, I saw it showing, starting to show up on Twitter that there was a gunman at the reported gunman at the Boise Town Square. Yeah. So what happened was there are, there are a bunch of kids that are knuckleheads, complete knuckleheads, that brought their airsoft guns to the Boise Town Square Mall last night. <laughs> Nathaniel just looked at me like they did not. Yeah. Some dumb kids. And as I heard it, and I'm just taking this from Facebook from people who were allegedly at the mall at the time and were, you know, talking about it actively. Kids were flashing their guns at people as they were walking through the mall. And if you don't know what an airsoft gun looks like, it looks an awful lot like a real gun. It isn't. Yeah, in no. terms of what it shoots. My my kids have had a couple of airsoft guns and they look just you can't tell the difference if you're just looking at it. Now I think if you the, if the you little pick it red up, nose kind of tips you off that it's now, it's an airsoft. Now, but. See now our the guns that my kids had, airsoft guns, didn't have the little red nose. They're supposed to. They're supposed to have the, the little red nodes at the front that shows that they're not a real gun. However, even even you that. can you can cover that pretty quick doesn't take much to paint that thing black or use a sharpie to make it black and then you can't tell it it's just stupid this is how people this is how people get shot by police well and there was a big response from the boise police department as you can imagine they locked down the mall you know they were escorting people out the emergency exits in big fast and quickly brought in the dogs i don't know that swat team was dispatched or not but there was a large presence of Boise police at the mall, as we have seen in the past, when there was a shooting at the mall. Here's what I don't understand. How did these guns even get into the mall? It's an airsoft gun. How did it get into the mall? It's not like they've got screeners at the mall. You no, carry whatever you want. No, mall. it's a gun-free zone. Oh, I see. It's a gun-free zone. So how, did, how the heck did these even get into the mall? Because it's a gun-free zone. Airsoft gun is still a gun it's a gun free zone you're not allowed to have how did they ever get in there i don't understand what are you trying to say mike that gun free zones don't freaking work i see unless as you mentioned there are people sitting there screening every single person that comes in the door to make sure they don't have a gun right as you know schools federal buildings they're all gun-free zones. At federal buildings, though, usually they do screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta walk through a metal detector. You gotta go past a armed police officer, yeah. security guard, or whatnot. <sighs> there, I'm. So yeah, this happened at the Boise Town Square Mall last night, and you, you, a, you as hit I it right on the head about knuckleheadedness here. Yeah, as I hear, there were two kids that did get trespassing charges against them i also hear that there were lots of other kids that were there that boise police is not given a detailed description of how many kids in all they detained last night as i heard it from uh somebody pretty trustworthy that was that was around the mall last night so they saw as many as 10 kids that were on the sitting on the floor looking at a whole bunch of police officers. (laughs) Um, 
but uh, there's no official word from Boise police. Yeah, some are... of those kids may not have been charged. Maybe they all didn't have airsoft guns, but they were together. I, I really don't know. Those, those kids we're, are we're probably learning. sitting on the floor going, please don't call my parents. If you please call, don't my, call dad, my dad, parents. I'm going to be so busted. Yeah. Trouble. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning uh, with your thoughts, that's the way to do it. Phone lines are open. You can also email us. Once again, Chris is out, so Mike at KBOI.com. Also, coming up uh, ahead today, um, we're going to find out whether or not there's going to be an uh, increase in the uh, Fed rates. Is that going to affect uh, the stock market? Right now, it's looking like it possibly could, uh, down 121 points as far as the futures are concerned. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in just about... 45 minutes or so. Also, stick around. Uh, We've got tickets to the Boise Golf Show coming up. Not this weekend. It's next weekend. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We'll have those tickets coming up here for you this morning. Right now, your first check on sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. The place to go for breakfast or lunch. They're open seven days a week. Get out there. They open up in 45 minutes. If you leave right now from Boise, you'll be there just in time for them to open. I just need to make a correction. I had said that the final score last night was 57 52. It was actually 59-52. Excuse me. Boise State get, did get the victory over Air Force last night. Bob Beeler has more. The Broncos led by 13 at the half and had to fight off an Air Force rally for the win. Max Rice had 16 of his game-high 22 points in the first half and talked about the difficulty in playing the Falcons. They make you work on defense, and I think that's why they're so good for the whole game, just because they kind of wear you out, wear you out, wear you out. They're going to do that to you. They're going to make it ugly and make you earn it. Uh, We did what we could, and we got the win, so it's good. Najee Smith was hurt late in the first half and didn't come back. Marcus Shaver Jr. injured his ankle with under three minutes to go in the game and didn't return either. The Broncos will move on to battle San Diego State for first place Friday. The Aztecs lost to Nevada last night, and both teams are now 8-2 in the conference. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Yeah, the Wolfpack are really good at home. They won 75-66 last night, so it's not like they just squeaked by. They took it to them last night. Wyoming also defeated Fresno State 85-62. UNLV went to Colorado State and got a victory 83-71. One game on the schedule tonight, New Mexico is on the road at... Utah State. I'll tell you what, if Utah State wins that game, I'm not going to be surprised. That team could shoot. <laughs> KBOI News Time is 617. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 6-122. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Coming up here at about 735 this morning, Congressman Russ Fulcher will be with us live. I oh, have uh, some that. information for you. Breaking news. That's kind of shocking. Breaking news in the sports world. Tom Brady says, I'm retiring for good. Didn't he say that once before? Uh, he didn't say for good, but it appears that Tom Brady is now done. Wow. Which didn't is, expect that to happen this morning, but that is just that is breaking news at this moment. It's uh, on two of the major networks, and uh, yeah, so that just happened. Tom Brady done, done. Wow. Well, that puts another team uh, in the market for a quarterback next year. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Gosh, you, things are looking better for the Raiders already. You, you look at this. I mean, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers did not have a good year. I mean, so this this cost Tom Brady a marriage because there were reports that his wife did not want him playing football anymore. Well, maybe they'll get back together now. He promised that he would quit and then ended up playing. 
and I get it. I mean, what do you make? Another $25 million just for playing one more year? It's hard well, to You need to understand there down. were some other things that were going on behind the scenes, too. Tom Brady wants to be an NFL owner. He wanted to parlay his position with the football team to get into ownership maybe somewhere else down the line. And it, I, I don't think that's going to happen now that uh, his significant other didn't want to back him in that endeavor. And, you know, ultimately it split them. But as I've read... Not, not just split them, but split their... Yeah, their money. <laughs> there was she's worth a little bit of money, a lot more money, as it turns out. Believe it or not. So, um, yeah. So Tom Brady, I, I, he's done calling it a career. Good yeah. for him. Good for him. At, at least he goes out. He's not, you know, got the injury problems. He still played at a pretty high level. He was a top five quarterback this year. Yeah. Um. So you you can't say that you know he's quitting because he was horrible. No. That his. You know, he he had gone downhill because, like, just as you said, he was still a top five quarterback. Part of that being that um, he he's actually very very smart when it comes to being a quarterback. And once again, he's going to go down uh, maybe arguably the best quarterback ever. Right? He's going to go down arguably as the best football player to ever put on cleats. Mike, he's set every record for quarterbacks. He's played longer than anybody else. You're going to make an argument for Tom Brady now as not just being the GOAT as far as quarterbacks, but maybe the GOAT, period. A lot of people said that about Jerry Rice or Lawrence Taylor. I don't think anybody's ever made that argument about Emmett Smith, but probably Walter yeah. Payton before that. Oh, yeah, Walter you know, Payton. Uh, you could make the argument that there is, an, there is not a football player out there that's worth putting in the same breath as Tom Brady right now. And I don't, don't like saying that because... As a Raider fan, I'm still bitter about the tuck rule. Now, I'm always going to hold that. Every time they show that damn clip, I cuss out loud and scare the dog. And keep that in mind as we get ready for the draft this year, as teams are going to be looking for quarterbacks, and there's possibility that three quarterbacks could be taking in the first five picks. Yeah. Tom Brady was a sixth-round draft pick. Isn't that something? Yeah, pretty crazy. And, I mean, you look at the person that he replaced, Drew Bledsoe, Washington State, Drew Bledsoe doesn't get hurt. What happens? He he may not have have a career at, at New England. You don't you you just don't know. It's strange the way the NFL works and how you can whiff so badly on quarterbacks. I mean, guys who cons- are highly rated. Consider out of that Mister Irrelevant was the starting quarterback for the San Francisco Forty ers for the last eight games of the season. He went seven and zero up until the point where he lost the NFC Championship yeah. game in a game that he didn't play more than the first By possession. The way, what does San Francisco do at quarterback next year? Well, I think Purdy's your guy. Purdy won't be the guy because he completely tore his ulnar He's going to have to have Tommy collateral John. Yeah. ligament. He's out 8 to 10 months, so he's not going to be the guy because he's just not going to be ready to go at the beginning of the season. They've got two other quarterbacks that are getting a lot of money they're not going to let him go, obviously, but I mean, you can't keep paying those two quarterbacks the amount of money you're paying him when, no. when Purdy might be your starting quarterback when he gets healthy again. Well, I don't think you're too worried about keeping Garoppolo right now. Think he's gone? I think he's gone. Because right. you'll have to pay him the most. And then your rookie quarterback, what's his name? Um, you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, he is Trey not Lance. a rookie, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Thank you very much. Trey Lance still has another year on his rookie deal. So you don't have to trade him yet. 
you could still keep him for quite a bit less money than what it would cost to bring in, you know, a big name quarterback. The 49ers are not going to have to go deal for somebody like, I don't know, whoever well, you maybe want. Maybe they can talk Brady into coming back for one more I year. doubt it. KBY News Time, 627. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 640-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email Mike at KBOI.com. Got some emails to uh, get to talking about what happened in uh, Memphis earlier this week. Dave uh, writes in, says, I finally saw the video, and what I saw in that video was a bunch of gangster thugs dressed in police uniforms. If you want to kill somebody and get away with it, a police officer is your best bet to do just that. This video proves my theory. They will all be fired, most likely. Well, they've already been fired, but no jail time, which means that they will get away with it for the most part. It used to be easier for cops to get away with crimes, but now they're in the spotlight, so it's not as easy, but they are all... Obviously still trying. Not all cops. That's not my point at all. Um, I disagree with you. I don't think they're going to get off with this. And I mm, use as my... I would say no. I, I, I use as my example George Floyd. You know, the people that ki- the police officers that killed George Floyd didn't yeah, get off with it. No, they didn't. Um, I In this day and age, and especially now with, with the video, I don't think they're going to get off with just getting fired. You're no, the, not, you're not the video will follow. Ev- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You, the video will follow every one of those officers for the rest of their lives, um, regardless of the jail time. Although I think you're correct, jail time is coming. I would be absolutely shocked if these five did not serve jail time. At this, granted, there's not been a court case. We haven't seen the evidence, other than the fact that almost everybody now has has seen the video, which is horrendous. Um, it's going to be hard for a defense attorney to say, you're not seeing what you see in this video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Robin writes in, hi, Mike. I think that what's going on in Memphis isn't racism. I think this last tragic death is an example of bad policing. Color of one's skin doesn't determine whether you're a bad or good cop. Given the constant berating by the left towards policing, uh, policing my guess, a lot of good candidates are not applying. Why would someone sign up these days? So what are you left with? Maybe not the best people to put a uniform on? Also, with so many states adopting such lax consequences for crime, the respect for any kind of law enforcement is non-existent. I can see the frustration some of them must feel, but not to the extent of taking somebody's life. And then Tom writes in a text message, uh, we need to see uh, one more video. The dash cam showing the reason for the initial stop. Someone had to enrage the police initially. I don't think that that has anything to do with it. I don't. To, even, to yeah. be very honest, even I mean, if that all were you're left true. with, all you're left with is the result. Unless there is an officer that is his life is being threatened, there's there's never going to be a reason for all those officers to stand a guy up and beat him to death. It just that it doesn't matter what that person did short of that. At the and point, even then, you you don't have all those officers beating the hell out of yeah, the guy. At the point where that person is down and docile, why is the beating still going on? That's the question. That's the question. 
And it's a question that they're going to have to answer, that defense attorneys are going to have to answer. Unless, of course, they accept a plea. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, don't forget, coming up this morning, we still have a couple things that you can win. Number one, we've got a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. We'll give away with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Coming up in just about 10 minutes, we'll give you that question to start working on. Give that away in the 8 o'clock hour. We also have those tickets. If you're into playing golf, Boise Golf Show is the most horrible place you could go because they make you spend money. <laughs> That's uh-huh. the only reason why. I have never got out of that place without spending money. Um, but if you want a great deal on golf equipment, it is a fantastic place to go, and we have a chance for you to win free tickets into the golf show coming up next weekend. If you want to win, stick around. Your chance to win coming up here shortly. Let's get a check on uh, what's going on with sports once again. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. It's in the name, Pork Belly, and they have lots of different Pork Belly products. One of the best, Pork Belly Bites. Don't believe me? Try it out for yourself today. They open up in 15 minutes, Pork Belly and Cuna. Oh, that sounds so good. All right, Boise State, they had to, uh, they held off Air Force last night. Final score, 59-52. Kuzmanovic takes a step back three, top of the key. Pavle with a huge shot. His second Mountain America three, Boise State's first three of the second half. 55-50, Boise State. It's Bob Beeler with the call last night. Again, the Broncos with a 59-52 win. Here's the bigger piece. With the Broncos' win last night, they are tied for first place because San Diego State went into Reno last night and got beat by Nevada. So, Friday night, 7 o'clock, right here on News Talk KBOI, it will be the Broncos and the Aztecs. The winner is in first place by themselves. Uh, the breaking news that we told you a short time ago about, Tom Brady has called it a career. For good, he says, after a 23-year NFL career, he says he is done for good. Or for now, I mean, if you believe that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, if we gave you like $35 million this year to come back, $40 million, one more year, would you... Seven Super Bowls, that's what he won. He was still really good last year. He wasn't as awesome as we've seen him be, but still pretty good. KBY News Time is 646. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us today, you can also email mike at kby.com. Uh, Tim uh, just wrote in a few uh, minutes ago. Says there are thousands of police interactions on YouTube from all over the U.S., including right here in Boise. It is a culture just like a gang. That's Tim writing about police and uh, force police force being used against uh, citizens. Uh, we'll talk more about this as uh, we go on this morning. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to weigh in. You can go ahead and do that. Also coming up here for you this morning, 8 o'clock hour, chance for you to pick up another $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. 
All you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128 for any and all your real estate needs. Starting to be more and more of a buyer's market. Things are picking up. If you're Mm -hmm. looking to get into a new home, just like Rick, getting into a new home today in 2023, you can do so too, and it's easier than ever. Find out how by calling Berkshire Hathaway today. Our question, in the 1800s. Going back a long way here. Mm -hmm. There was a superstition in the New England area. Were you in high school then? That uh, tuberculosis, no, but uh, Paul J. Snyder was. (laughs) Uh, Tuberculosis was caused by this. 1800s, superstition, New England area. Tuberculosis was caused by this. What specifically was it caused by? If you know the answer, stick around. After 8 o'clock, you can get that $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, the uh, Dow did pretty good yesterday. However, we're not looking like that's the way it's going to start today. Down 200 points as of right now. Now, this is the future. It doesn't open here for another 23 more minutes. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates, see what's going on uh, with the sell-off so far this morning. And uh, we'll talk with him coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh wanted to talk a little bit. Lisa Sanchez is not having a good year. No, she is not. Former. City Council Member Lisa Sanchez. She had to quit being a city council member because she apparently doesn't live in her district after moving at the end of uh, last year. Mm -hmm. So she is no longer a city council member. Now she is uh, being questioned on campaign fund spending in 2022. Yeah, that's a story that came out uh, late last night from the Idaho press. I was reading it this morning and I, I don't know if all of these expenditures can be explained. The problem, Mike, is that she spent over $14,000 in campaign funds in a non campaign year. She spent more money than all the other city council members combined. Yeah. Yeah. And and as you said, non campaign year. Yeah. That the nearest, is about $3,400 spent this year by a Boise City Council member of campaign funds, right? Yep. Campaign funds. So why did Lisa Sanchez need to spend $14,000 um, on, on a non-campaign year? And why is so much of that money going towards food Yeah, and that's, that's coffee? The, that's the question and I Now, that... that now, there is legitimate yeah. reasons. There, these could be legitimate reasons that she spent. Because if she's taking out people to eat dinner, and one of the places that they had gone, one of the most expensive dinners was at Chandler's. Now, if she's going and having a meeting with constituents or staff members taking them out, it's a legitimate expense. There are lots of ways to make that a legitimate expense. Right. Sure. Um, she... Also has appeared to have mislabeled over $200 of that spending. Uh, just one of the campaign finance anomalies that the Idaho Press uncovered. Sanchez reported spending $222 in ads for the Idaho Press. However, the Idaho Press record showed that she appears to be spending the money on subscriptions and not ads. Hmm. Subscriptions would be a personal expense and not a legitimate campaign expense. So... Uh, 
By the way, I just, just want to make this, sure that we we put this out there, Mike. Sanchez has not paid for an ad to the Idaho Press since October of 2021. I want to make sure that we point out that these are alleged problems that are going on her spending campaign funds inappropriately, all of which could be completely legitimate. We don't have the answer to that yet, and it's the Idaho Press that's putting this out. This is not our report. This is not something that we went and investigated. We're just taking the Idaho Press and their word for it at this point, and we have not spoken with the former city council member, Lisa Sanchez. I've tried many times. I, I I just want to put that out there because... Anything that has been done here, while it might not look very good and it might not be good, we don't have any proof of that. If you're wondering what Lisa Sanchez had to say about that, she sent out a statement saying that Idaho statute allows campaign funds to be used for ordinary and necessary expenses incurred in connection with the duties of the individual as an office holder. The expenditures made in 2022 were in the compliance with these guidelines, Sanchez wrote, as the only renter. Serving on the Boise City Council, I'm beyond grateful to my campaign donors for ensuring that I have necessary resources to be effective public servant. She never misses a chance to show um, that she's a renter and that she's not very rich, that she's mm-hmm. that she's poor. Well, on the front, it looks like this $14,000 in campaign funds that she's spending is her own little personal slush fund for living a little better than she normally would. Now, that's just the optics of what this is. That may not be what it is, but that's what it looks like when you're spending that much of your campaign funds. And now you're not even going to be a city councilwoman or city council member. Um, yeah, that doesn't look good. And that's the problem, yeah. because as we all know, if it doesn't look good, it isn't good. Well, and I'll give you one example of doesn't look good, but. If what she says is true, then it's perfectly fine. She posted a photo on December 9th of a packed shopping cart. She had ground chili, um, heavy whipping cream husks for wrapping tamales and meat, and among other items, she filed a campaign expense for $266.59 at Winco. In a text, she said that the purchase was for tamale-making event she hosts every year to raise funds for the campaign and reconnect with campaign volunteers. So, I mean, that's a legitimate expense well, if that is true and she didn't use it for, you know, a personal dinner or something All like this that. is, by the way, uh, very much available for you to see what she has spent all this money on. And that's what the item yeah, Quest did here. It's, it's public information. Yeah, yeah. You can go and you can look and see exactly what the campaign spent money on. So they had a number of questions about expenditures and they didn't get a lot of answers from Lisa Sanchez. And while those answers may be coming... So far, the Idaho Press has a pretty good story in their hands. Yeah. She's got some questions to answer. Dylan in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Good riddance to Lisa Sanchez. Don't be surprised if she comes back and blames racism for her own self issues. Bye, Lisa. (laughs) A Lisa Sanchez fan there, obviously. I guess. You know, in the in the grand scheme of things, what this might you know how come to yeah is you know the mayor has to still address two openings coming to the Boise City Council, and the mayor can basically name whoever she wants. Mm-hmm. If the mayor was thinking about naming Lisa Sanchez, this becomes a little more problematic in the grand scheme of things. Some well, of these things are going to have to be answered if that think- if that were the case, because I really thought. 
they get along together. Their ideologies are a lot the same. I really thought that one of those openings had the possibility of Lisa Sanchez being named to Well, the she has to council. live in the district. Isn't she, one of them an at-large? I don't know if that's I, the case or not. I thought not. one of them was an at-large opening. I, I don't know that that is the case. I, I can't say for sure. I had not heard that. But I do know that the ordinance is, if you don't live in that district, you can't be a council member for that district. So... But remember, she's a renter. She can move wherever she wants. Well, and she did, and that's the problem. She's not living in the same spot that she was and therefore can't be a council member for the district. 208-336-3700. she's a renter. I don't know if you heard that. She, yeah, she's, she's a renter. She doesn't make a lot of money, she, and she's a renter. She's the only renter. On I mean, the, uh, there's nothing council. wrong, nothing wrong with, with renting. No. With renting. No. A lot of people Thousands do of it. people do that. It's weird in, that you bring Treasure it up Valley. every chance you get, though. Yeah. I think the the bigger problem, though, is it it looks like she's using campaign funds to live a better life. It's not the way you're supposed to spend campaign funds, and that, that and can we, be a problem. We want to reiterate. I mean, there's no proof of any wrongdoing here. Only allegations. All these may be perfectly legitimate expenses, but she definitely has some questions that she's probably going to have to be answering. I wonder if she'd come on the show and talk about it. Well, considering I've asked her two or three times over the last couple of years and got no response whatsoever. She won't even respond to you? Won't even respond. The mayor wow. doesn't respond anymore either. We got the mayor on one time after she was elected. And uh, I, I'm just a month ago, I asked the mayor to be on with us. Um, I can't remember what the subject was that I wanted to talk about. Nothing controversial. Didn't even get a response back saying yes, no. I've had the same problem I hate in you the guys. newsroom. I, I I haven't gotten any response. Yeah, but I, which I is think sad. Which also is sad. it had to do. I'm just spitballing here that they didn't have a lot of people helping. They they were short staffed at the time, so maybe that's all that was. I don't know. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in Cuna. Unique items on that menu. They're open right now every day, Monday through Sunday, seven until two. Check out their menu, porkbellyidaho.com. Broncos got a victory, 59-52 at Air Force last night. Former Najee Smith left the game late in the first half, and guard Marcus Shaver Jr. exited with 2.41 to go in the game. The Broncos were able to gut out the win with help from the bench. Pablo Kuzmanovic, subbing in, hit the only three in the second half to put the game away with 1.16 left. Coach Rice was asked postgame about Smith and Shaver. No, no speculation. I just, uh, you know, I hate seeing that you know and especially this time of year and especially with what's coming down the pipe part of college basketball and those guys are tough guys and if they can they will if they can't they won't boise state is eight and two and in a first place tie in the mountain west with san diego state after the aztecs lost last night at nevada the broncos will play at san diego state on friday Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. Yeah, that was a big one that Bob just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State beaten in Reno last night, 75-66. to Wyoming gets a victory at home over Fresno State. Wyoming was good last night, 85-62 to for the Cowboys. Uh, UNLV also goes on the road and defeats Colorado State, 83-71. to One game on the schedule tonight, Utah State will host New Mexico. I predict that's going to be a good one. Watch out for Utah State to get that victory, uh, especially at home with the way they shoot. They they can really be very good. But the big game will be Friday night, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock, local time tip-off, San Diego State hosting Boise State. KBY News Time is 717.
Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Dow Futures ahead of the opening here in a few minutes. Looking like you're going to be down across the uh, board this morning. Down about 200 points on the Dow. I know the uh, Fed rate decision is coming out today. Is this, at least as of right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the opening here in a few minutes, but right now with the sell-off, it looks like in the futures, does this uh, have something to do with what the Fed decision might be today? Yeah, I mean, Dow futures are down slightly, and to my surprise, I thought we were going to see much of that yesterday, but we actually saw a positive performance um, for for all three major U.S. indexes. I mean, well over 1% for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. So... I was surprised. I think that today we're going to see what I expected yesterday, some flat movements, not much action until we actually get the comments made from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, which should be right around 1230 our time because the market is essentially priced in. I mean, there's almost but 100% certainty that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates by a quarter of 1%, so 0.25%. If we get anything above that, it's going to be a surprise to the downside for the markets. Um, I don't think we're going to get that. So what everyone's going to be looking to, which has been the case over the past few Fed meetings, is going to be the statements made after that decision, meaning how is the Fed uh, digesting the data? How are they going to be moving forward with the with interest rates and they're tightening and largely the markets are factoring in that they're going to do again the the quarter of one percent rate hike this month and then they're going to do another one in march and then they're going to pause for a few months and then they're actually going to start cutting interest rate towards the end of the year that is what the market's anticipating now will we get that tough to say so the federal reserve it's going to be a quarter percent just a quarter percent and not half yeah, I, if if it's going to be a quarter of a if it's going to be more than a quarter of a percent, we're going to see a uh, an adverse reaction from the markets. Got and it. I don't think then and the Federal Reserve that they they don't want to rattle the cage. They I don't think they want to rattle markets, but I do think they want to still stick to that tough tone that uh, there's still some rate hiking cycle that needs to continue. But we might get something different than that. We're in this interesting spot because again, like I mentioned, we're starting to see this trend of these inflation inflationary pressures start to subside, even okay. though they're stubbornly high. They're starting to trend down. So let, I'm interested to see how the Federal Reserve is interpreting it and how they're going to move forward. All right. And once again, don't pay attention to what they say. Pay attention to what they say after what they say. Right? <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll get an update from you uh, here after the opening in just a few minutes. We'll talk to you in an hour and then also talk to you tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Chris Walton is out today. Rick Worthington filling in. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone lines uh, with us live from Washington, D.C., Congressman Russ Fulcher. Uh, good morning, and thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good to talk to you. Um, let's start out uh, something that happened uh, yesterday. Um, there was a vote in the uh, House for a bill to lift COVID-19 vaccine mandates for healthcare workers. And surprisingly, um, seven Democrats joined Republicans in uh, the vote. My, my question here for you is, what's the pushback from Democrats? Because we have the lack of available workers right now, and the, 
the hospitals and medical facilities are screaming that they can't hire people um, because they can't hire people who have been vaccinated. We also have now proof coming out that the vaccines don't protect you from getting or passing on COVID. So what what do you hear the pushback from the Democrats who didn't vote to uh, end this? Well, it's interesting that that uh, uh, that was a bipartisan vote, and it wasn't the only one. I'll come back to that in just a, a, a second. But other things that we have done since the majority shifted, including uh, money for uh, border security, uh, that removing the the funding for the army of IRS agents, um, reintroducing exploration for uh, fossil fuels on federal land, all of those went down bipartisan. And that's very, very interesting. And that's the original point that you made. And I think that that is part and parcel to, you know, frankly, these are these are common sense ideas that Americans want. And when the, the Democrats maybe didn't feel quite so uh, uh, available, I guess, to support the ideas where they they felt more obligated to support their leadership, which was Nancy Pelosi. That's what they did. But now that that leadership has changed, they've opened up a little bit and, and they're they're more willing to to uh, vote policy and what the policy actually does as opposed to what the narrative of their leadership really wanted to do. And I think that's exactly what happened here. Congressman, good morning. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Tyree Nichols uh, case. I know that these police officers that are in question are most likely going to be punished pretty severely. But I don't know that I had an opportunity to hear anything from you on this topic or in regard to the officers and the death. Thought I would give you an opportunity to discuss that today. Yeah, well, thank you. I, and frankly, I, I just don't know a lot of detail about it. I mean, that's being handled rightfully at the local level. And, uh, you know, you just from a 30,000-foot look, Rick, uh, you have to sit back and wonder, okay, why why – do these things happen? Are there things that we don't know? Uh, you know, I know some members have asked, where's the, where's the footage of what led up to this? Not that that would in any way justify it, but it might help share the mindset of the officers. You know, the, the, the race, uh, at least to me, at a 30,000-foot level, the race issue looks like it's, it's, a, it's not there in the sense that, Everyone in the in the event was black, and and so then you have to ask the question: Okay, what is it about the mindset of our law enforcement that allows that to take place? Because uh, is it is it training needs? Is it have we lowered the standards or changed the standards for officers because of the the pressure to try to have somebody in these law enforcement roles when it's very unpopular to? to uh, take over those jobs just raises more questions than we probably have answers to Rick. And I think that this is probably one of those things it's got to filter through the local process. And I think it's doing that now. And that's where it needs to be, needs to be dealt with because we don't know the specifics, but at the end of the day, I think all of us have to take a, a reflective look on, okay, the overall system, what needs to be fixed in order to make it, Uh, functional and respectful. Congressman, I want you to take a listen to this. We're going to take this one step further and get your thoughts. This is a uh, news cut from NBC News. 
A conversation about the death of Tyree Nichols reached Capitol Hill last night. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin, just one of many politicians who urged his colleagues to move on police reform, saying in part, quote, it's time for members of the Senate to bridge our differences and pass a policing reform so that Tyree Nichols' death will not have been in vain. Ali Vitali joins us now from Washington, D.C. on this. Ali, good morning. So last night was, of course, not the first time that police reform has been discussed on the Senate floor. We've actually seen Senators Tim Scott and Cory Booker spearhead some bipartisan efforts around it in the past. Now, I understand this happened in the Senate, but can, obviously this would be something if it was brought up in the Senate and eventually passes would come to the House. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't this sound a lot like federalizing the police force? Does, and that makes me nervous because, uh, first of all, I'm not in the Senate and I'm not on judiciary, so I'm twice removed from them that activity. However, uh, to your point, uh, that it sounds like there's a, a move or a willingness by uh, at least one part of Congress to take a serious look at putting in federal guidelines on on local policing. And that raises a red flag for me because uh, that's not the job of the federal government. I'm not saying there doesn't need to be things addressed. Obviously, there does or this wouldn't have occurred. But uh, I'm not sure that it's our job to take some national standard and impose that on various states and municipalities. That's, uh, that, that's not going to end well. We're going to take a break right there. When we come back, uh, still hopefully have time, I want to talk about the debt ceiling and also the uh, end of the uh, emergency declaration that uh, Biden announced yesterday. Unless he extends it again, uh, because he said the emergency was over back in October, but it officially looks like it's going to be ending on uh, May 10th, I believe, of this year. So I want to get your thoughts uh, on that when we come back. Once again, we're talking with Congressman Russ Fulcher, live from Washington, D.C. On the way, More on the way after this. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 751, he's Rick Worthington. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone with us live from Washington, D.C., uh, once again, it's Congressman Russ Fulcher. Congressman, um, let's take a few minutes and talk about the uh, debt ceiling. I know President Biden and uh, McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, have a meeting scheduled for later today. And I know Republicans want to see cuts in spending, and the president has said that he will veto any bill that has cuts in it. Um, Where do Republicans want to see cuts? Do we have any specific places where we have seen so far that, that cutting wants to be done? Yeah, there's a number of them. And, and uh, yesterday morning, the um, uh, the conference met and uh, McCarthy was talking about his upcoming meeting with the president on that. And in order to set the stage for that, it's important for for everyone to know that the House changed its rules uh, prior to the speaker vote. And one of the rules that got changed was uh, we went from what's called uh, previously the PAYGO set of rules. In other words, so if if legislation gets passed or if something happens where the debt ceiling needs to get raised, it automatically would raise. That was the PAYGO, what's called the PAYGO system. We changed that to a cut-go system, which uh, is just a reverse. If, If there's a 
if there's a new set of uh, legislation or something that would necessitate the increase in the debt ceiling, then you have to find something to offset that in terms of a cut in order to proceed. And that's because we're 30 plus trillion in debt and we know that we have to deal with that. So uh, back to your original question, the first thing that we're asking to uh, uh, to get rid of is uh, the balance of some of the of the appropriations that were passed last year under the Pelosi leadership that still have to do with COVID stuff. And that's some of the um, subsidizing dollars that have that were committed that uh, have not been spent yet. And by the way, that's the reason why when, when you saw the, the release that the president wants to wait until May in order to do the in the declaration is that emergency declaration allows him to spend that money. And that's one of the things that, that we've decided that, or that we prefer not to, to proceed with. And then there's other parts of, uh, I think it's the rescue plan uh, was a lot of entitlement money to uh, non-citizen immigrants coming in. And uh, that's a real problem tied to the border security issue. So that's one that we see ripe to be, to be pulled back. So uh, the bottom line is trying to get some spending uh, restrictions uh, immediately so that we don't just add to the debt level. All right, Congressman, I see that we may have another presidential candidate coming in very soon. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is pretty popular. What do you think about her throwing her hat in the ring for the White House? Formidable candidate. And uh, one of the, being a Republican, that's one of the blessings we've got. We've got a number of very viable candidates. Of course, there's uh, former President Trump, who's who's already in the race, and he's going to be uh, a formidable candidate himself. Now, Nikki Haley, I think you're going to see Mike Pompeo, who, by the way, is going to be in, in Boise here later this month. Um, Ron DeSantis is uh, is very popular. That's a good problem to have. And, and our, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't have that same that same uh, uh, luxury. They don't have the, the bench that we do right now. So I think it's healthy. I think it's good that we just put, put everybody out there and say, okay, um, give us your best shot. And uh, that's a good thing. I like it. Um, I should ask you, I mean, we're a month in now, we're, um, you know, new leadership in the House. Um, I haven't asked you yet this year, but what committees are you uh, serving on now? We hit, I think Idaho as a state hit the jackpot in terms of its representation. And reason being is where uh, its two House reps and two Senate reps were placed in terms of committees. And I'm a prime example. I got uh, assigned to the Energy and Commerce Committee, which is the oldest and and most sought after uh, committee within the House. It deals with pretty much everything, energy related, trade related, all the data security, all the Section 230 uh, you know, platform publisher stuff, uh, very pertinent right now. So I'm, I'm positioned there along with also on natural resources, which has to do with all our federal lands. And so that's great. Uh, Congressman Simpson is a senior member on appropriations, which controls the money. So Idaho is positioned very well in terms of its representation. Very excited about that. Congressman, we're up on time today. Uh, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day. No, it's going to be busy. We'll let you back to work here this morning. Good to hear from you, Congressman. Good to hear thank from you. you. Yep. Hey, thanks for what you do. Have a great day. Thank you.
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. As we get into the uh, top of the hour, we got news coming up here next. Want to weigh in on what the uh, congressman had to say? Feel free to do that. You can also email us, mike at kby.com. Keep in mind, Chris is out today, so don't email Chris. You'll just wake him up. Also, <laughs> you can text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Man, I will be uh, really happy to see us jump out of the teens. <laughs> 15 degrees now in downtown Boise. Uh, still another cold morning for you. Coming up here in 20 minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It's brought to you once again by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. Doesn't matter if it's buying, selling, investing, you can get help by calling that number today. All right, we've got a $50 gift certificate to give away, Costa Vida. This is the same Costa Vida that sold out in under like four minutes for our recent sweet deal. But you have a chance to get one absolutely free. But you're going to have to get it the old-fashioned way. You're going to have to earn it by answering our question. In the 1800s, there was a superstition in the New England area that tuberculosis was caused by this. What is it? Be ready to call. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And uh, if you have a first-person answer correctly coming up here in 20 minutes, you've got that $50 gift certificate. Compliments of Costa Vida. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, you're half right. Chris out sick again today. Rick Worthington is uh, filling in, at least for about another half hour. Then he has to go and uh, buy a new house. Sorry about that. Mr. Moneybags is going to go. Not for long. <laughs> right. Uh, what's can I ask? What your interest rate is? Uh, really not awesome. But the good news is you don't have to stick with that rate. Well, you I'm just can, you I can would, refi when the when the rate goes down. Yeah, I I, I was just curious um, if you got in at uh, what was it five point seven percent here not too long ago? Or it's been drop or six point seven percent has been dropping, and I haven't paid it's, a whole lot of attention it's, to it. It's above six. It's not seven. Um, and there were some people that were getting in around seven. Oh yeah. So, yeah. uh, it, it has- it's not near the last mortgage that I was in where it was, you know, less than 2%. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have those yeah. days wouldn't, back. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but that, that's all right. We're, we're going to get in now. It's going to cost a little more up front, but, uh, as we have been talking about the market, has come down so much to the point where the house that I really want to get in is now affordable. Yeah. And it wasn't before. Yeah. So, um, in, in watching and, and of course you probably know my wife is in the industry and, and also watching social media posts. It looks like after the first of the year that the real estate market in Boise, uh, Ada and Canyon County, both has uh, picked up markedly here and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't usually get hot until spring, but it looks like, uh, people are already starting to, uh, sell and buy again and part of the reason is as you just mentioned even though you're paying more in interest rates the housing prices gone down so uh, it allows some of those first-time home buyers who have been priced out of the market to be able to get back in well i so. think what you have to do um i am trying to answer that question myself do you feel like we've seen the bottom of the market for the time being or is the market going to rebound and if it rebounds here it's going to rebound quite a bit 
So have we seen the bottom of the market yet? It's hard to say, but it's looking like it. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's that's it, how it's I really feel. Really looking about it. like it. I feel like it really looks like it's the bottom of the market, and therefore the best time to go. If you're going to go, better do it. Well, and here's the thing that people seem to forget. I mean, in 2020 and 2021 was an anomaly. It was a crazy, nutty market. Yeah. And at the top of the market, the average price in a Boise home was over $600,000. That's fallen down now to, I think, the average price now is 535 So that's a big drop in a short amount yeah. of time. But you don't want to compare 2023 or the end of 2022 with 21 or 20 because those were anomalies. What you want to do is compare it before COVID hit. Right. To, before all this free money was coming out. Yeah. Go back to 2018 <laughs> and go, all right, now what is the housing in 2018? And it's still up above 2018, but it's not a ridiculous amount. So, I mean, this, it, the, the market had to level out, which is what it's doing. It, it just had to. It couldn't continue to go up 20% per year. No, it couldn't. Um, or, or else you would start to see the problems that we had. I mean, it just priced people out of the market. It Even, did. Even yeah. people who have, with moderate means, not even people who barely can get into a new home. You had people that getting priced out of the market that had money and going, "Wow, I can't afford this yeah. anymore." So, you know, I have a, yeah, I, have a good I, I think friend. It's, I think it's balanced out, and that's what my wife has also said. I have a good friend who eventually got into a townhome, but in several occasions tried to bid on homes and then was just outbid by somebody who was willing to pay yeah. cash and you would go way over the top anymore. of the buying price. And just, yeah, com- completely washed her. Yeah, you don't see out, that anymore. Out. You don't see multiple bids, people bidding way over prices. As a matter of fact, you see the opposite. Home, home sellers going, I'll tell you what, if you like this home, we'll help you buy down your interest rate to right. get into the home and, right. and get your interest rate down to 4% instead and of paying 65 I will be selling the home that I'm currently in here uh, in Meridian, but I don't expect that I'll be getting some of those letters from people explaining why I need to sell to them <laughs> instead of somebody else like we were seeing a couple of years ago where yeah, you can always rent you it. Know. Yeah. You know, I, I might mail mailbox. I mean, money. I might, yeah. I, I'm at the position where it's I've got options yeah. and that's a good thing. So, uh, email, uh, in conversation, we had a little bit earlier this morning, um, email, no name on this. Actually, this is a text message says, uh, Mike, you had someone earlier this morning say that the officers that murdered Tyree Nichols would get off with no jail time. These guys will absolutely all go to prison. They are thugs. Being a police officer is the greatest job in the world. I've been in LEO for over 30 years and never once have had a use of force complaint. And why is that, you might ask? I don't take an uh, offender's action personal. I absolutely believe that most important tool a police officer has is the ability to talk to people, not at them or down to them. I have had people that I got sent to prison to do their time and have thanked me for what I did. Again, because I didn't act like that they did it to me. I love what I do, and I love my city, and genuinely care about the people that I serve. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I'd say good for you. I not only appreciate it, but I will say that you are the type of people that we need more of getting into the police departments, right? getting into law enforcement. You are the type of person that has the level head to be able to do the job and not, I guess, for lack of a better term, de-escalate sure. situations sure. when they should be de-escalated. Well, look, I like to back the blue as often as possible. I have nothing but respect for law enforcement officers. I know the job that they're doing, and because I work alongside law enforcement so much as a, as a reporter in my time, mm-hmm. 
I know they have a difficult job and have to deal with people that I frankly wouldn't have to wouldn't want to have to deal with on a go, daily go basis. Ahead. Have to deal with jack wagons all the time, <laughs> daily jack wagon. I I couldn't do it. I don't have the type of temperament. I don't think because I mean, heck, you you see me how pissed off I get at you sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> when you're pushing my buttons. Look, man, I I get Could it. Could you imagine giving me a bu- a badge and a gun? Mm. <laughs> I'm joking. I know you are. Um, thank you for your service, by the way, and thanks for the uh, text message. Appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Take a break. When we come back, a chance for you to pick up that $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. That'll be coming up right after Bronco Sports today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 822, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. 208-888-4128. That's Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty's phone number. If you need any help with any real estate, they can help you out. Give them a call today. Joseph is going to get first crack at our question. Joseph, today, uh, our question for a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. In the 1800s, there was a superstition in the New England area, that tuberculosis was caused by this. What was it? Now, I hope I have the right answer, but I believe it was vampires. You believe it was vampires? What? Not witchcraft? Vampires? Yes, in, yeah. the, in the 1800s, there was a superstition that tuberculosis was caused by vampires. No kidding. Yes, look at the big brain on Joseph. Nice, Joseph. Congratulations, uh, Joseph. You got yourself a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Have you ever been? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Time. yeah. I know. It's a great place, and you get a lot of food, too. Hang on the line. We'll get yeah. some more info from you. Uh, congratulations, Joseph. Don't worry. If you're one of the people sitting on the line this morning, didn't get through, listen in tomorrow morning. Same time, we'll have another chance at a Costa Vida gift certificate. Still on the way for you this morning. Want to get yourself a uh, free passes into the golf show? Boise Golf Show is coming up here next weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Got the VIP night on uh, Thursday night, and then uh, lots lots of stuff that you can peruse, shop. You can even hit golf clubs, if you like, inside the Expo Building at Expo Idaho. We'll have a chance for you to pick up a free pair of passes sometime within the next 60 minutes if you want to win those stick around phone lines are open 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless what do you want to talk about this morning you want to talk more about the uh murder by the uh, police tyree nichols we've talked a little bit more about that this morning mm-hmm. uh you want to talk we've got some emails in on uh, lisa sanchez and boy uh, that's going to be a mess allegations it's all over, Mike. of misspending of campaign funds are just allegations allegations as of right now, that's questions right. that she needs to answer um we can talk more about that we'll get to some of those emails coming up phone lines are open if you want to get through right now and we'll do that when we come back after news at the bottom of the hour 208-336-3700 1-800-529-5264 or pound 670 on your verizon wireless for your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 836. Chris Walton is out today. Uh, Rick Worthington just went to buy a house. I'd like to have that kind of money to throw around just willy-nilly. Hey, got to go. Got to go buy a house. Good for him. Got to get a new house into a new house. He's moving. 
Uh, our phone lines are open this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we've got some emails to get to that we've uh, gotten in throughout the morning on uh, subjects that we've been talking about. One of those, uh, Lisa Sanchez, who uh, right now had a article from the Idaho Press asking questions about campaign funds spent in 2022, which was a non-election year for her. $14,665, which was more money than was spent by all other candidates combined, about 11000 more than the next candidate. Uh, Navin writes in, Lisa Sanchez must not know much about the history of Boise city, city leadership and spending money. We will find these things out. She should ask Brent Coles and his people. Circumstances and funding may be different, but the activity isn't. It's illegal and you're not getting away with it. This whole McLean regime has been a disaster. Once again, want to reiterate, these are allegations that there could be, might be improper spending of campaign funds. That doesn't mean that there is. She has yet to respond. Despite multiple requests, she did not respond to any of the other detailed questions about specific purchases that he that she had in campaign funds being used. Saying only, I'm the only renter on the Boise City Council and I am far from wealthy. My contrib- uh, my Contributors know this and have supported my ability to produce results as a council member. That's what she wrote in a text to the Idaho Press when asked to respond. Sanchez's campaign spending is also different from her colleagues in the types of money spent. Sanchez spent 26% of her 2022 spending on food. On a total of over 65 unique purchases. Another 27% was on management, a one-time fee of $4,000 to Idaho 97 Project co-founder Emily Walton. Walton did not return a phone call from the Idaho Press seeking a comment. Just over 20% was spent on donations and gifts to other candidates and entities, and another 20% was spent on uh, operations. Less than 2% each was spent on her Idaho Press subscription and the uh, United States Postal Service and travel. No personal use is kind of one key rule. That according to uh, Kettler, who is a spokesperson for Boise State Politics, Boise State University. So if it was food for a fundraiser or perhaps meeting with campaign staff or volunteers or fundraising, there has to be campaign or political purpose attached to the expenditure. If it is deemed that there is a political need attached to the expenditure, then it's perfectly legal. Now, to give you an idea of what the spending compared to the other council members were, Elaine Clegg and Patrick Bagent Bagent didn't appear to spend any money in 2022. Jimmy Halliburton spent $18 on one vendor. Lucy Willits spent $3,334 over the year on four vendors. Her money was split between Batch Geo for surveys and polling, contributing to Scott Bedke's campaign for lieutenant governor, DBJ Design for ads, and Griffin Marketing for ads. By the way, uh, Lucy Willits spent the second most amount of money, which is still about $11,000 behind what Lisa Sanchez spent. 
Holly Wooding spent $2,969 on five vendors. MailChimp, an uh, unitemized vendor. ActBlue, a Democratic fundraising software. Idaho Young Democrats and Ada County Democratic Party. All told, Sanchez, like I said, spent more than $11,000 more than her next closest colleague. Now, Sanchez has also had questions about her campaign finances in the past, too. In 2021, she repaid more than $200 in personal expenses charged to her campaign, according to Boise Dev. At the time, she had spent money on personal meals, a car wash, and tickets to the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. She told Boise Dev at the time that it was a simple mistake because she had three nearly identical debit cards, one for campaign finances and uh, the others for personal expenses, and she accidentally used the wrong one when she made those purchases. She's got quite, She's going to have some questions to answer. All these could be legitimate, every single one of them. However, this could be problematic because there had been talk that possibly she was going to be one of the candidates that was going to be looked at when the uh, Boise City Council openings came come open. There are two of those that will be open this year that the mayor must name two people to. And there was a possibility that people thought that maybe Lisa Sanchez could be named to that. Probably going to see the mayor want to see answers to these questions before that officially could happen, or um, the mayor could have some problems to answer. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on uh, your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, mike at kboi.com. Robin writes in, uh, of course they're legit expenses. We owe her. Happy Wednesday. No, we don't owe her, and I know you're being sarcastic. A couple more emails in on another subject we were talking about this morning, uh, having to do with uh, Tyree Nichols' shooting, which the funeral is supposed to happen today. It's already been postponed because of weather in Memphis. Food for Thought writes in, wouldn't we, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Bob writes in, there are, even if the officers involved do go to jail, and don't get me wrong, they should, I think they will still do less time than your typical non-police officer thug. That's just my opinion, as nobody knows all the details at this time. Hard to say. I mean, we, you're right. We don't know all the details. However, the, the video is going to be damning. And so many people have seen that. That, that video is going to show up in court because it is police video. It's going to be evidence that is used against these people. I really, if they are found guilty, and like I said, they are innocent until proven guilty. Right now, they are just charges. If they're found guilty, you're going to have a hard time explaining why they get off with less than somebody else did. So I don't think they're going to be doing less. And, and and part of the reason that I say that, you can look at what the police officers involved in the George Floyd killing, what they got. They didn't get off with a slap on the wrist. I don't think you're going to see the police officers in this case get off with a slap in the wrist. By the way, um, official count as of right now, is up to 10 people who have lost their job. You have seven police officers who have been removed from the force in total now. Five of those seven police officers have officially been charged with murder. And then you have three members of the Memphis Fire Department who have also been relieved of their duties. 
because it took them almost half an hour to give aid to Tyree Nichols when he was laying on the ground. Total of 10 people have already lost their job. Will there be more charges? Hard to say. We have five charges as of right now against the five individuals who were seen on the video in the uh, beating death, the beating that eventually caused the death of Tyree Nichols three days later. Um, another email, and this was something we talked about a little bit earlier this morning about the uh, news yesterday of, uh, if you were watching it on social media, uh, it, it ended up being more scary than it actually was um, as I was watching it, um, seeing social media saying gunman at the Boise Town Square Mall, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me ended up being two knuckleheads, teenagers, who decided that uh, they needed to bring an airsoft gun into the Boise Town Square Mall. Airsoft guns look a lot like guns. Police were called, showed up at the mall. Bob writes in, there are 137 stores at the Town Square Mall. Do they sell any kind of guns there, including toy ones, with no gun rules? I think he's talking about... uh, no, or gun-free zone at the Boise Town Square Mall. Um, you know, it's been so long that since I've been to the Boise Town Square, I can't knowledgeably answer the question if anybody sells toy guns. I don't believe there's any gun store in the mall. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've been there. I could be wrong, but I don't. I hard to say. I don't. I don't know if there are toy guns that have been sold in the mall or are available to purchase within the mall or not especially since it's a gun-free zone. If anybody knows, maybe you've been to the uh, Boise Town Square Mall or you work in the Boise Town Square Mall. Are you are you able to do that? Food for Thought writes in, wouldn't it be better if the Boise Police Department sent in a couple of undercover cops to assess the situation before they send half the police force? All of those officers standing around doing absolutely nothing is just collecting hazard pay on the clock, which we the people are paying for. I for one, would like to see my tax dollars being used for smart things, and that would be a start. If the threat turns out to be real things, could still be or real things could be done better and smarter, ultimately more effective. Just food for thought. At that point, I, I do you want to waste time in the fact that there could be two gunmen there? Do you want to send a couple of undercover cops to investigate before? And the only reason I ask this is because we had a gunman in the Boise Town Square Mall just a couple of years ago. What would have happened if you waited 10 minutes and sent out just a couple of undercover cops to investigate? Would more people have been killed? Would more people have been shot if you just waited? I don't think that that would be a smart thing to do. And if if you have to answer questions having to do with gun activity at the mall and something did happen... You're going to be answering questions on why it took so long to get the half the police force out there to put the uh, shooter down. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Chris is uh, off sick today. Rick had to take out. So it's just us for the uh, final hour of the show. If you want to get in, right now is a good time to do it. Um, go ahead and give us a call. You can also email Mike at KBY.com or text us, same as our main number. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 852, 
Phone lines open, 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-5264. That's toll-free wherever you might be listening. Or pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless phone. Keep those numbers handy. Coming up here very shortly, going to have a chance to get your tickets to the uh, Boise Golf Show, which is coming up next weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Your chance to win those sometime within the uh, next 60 minutes here on News Talk KBOI. Um, email from Jim in Eagle. Want to bet if those involved in the Memphis killing get light sentences, that there will be riots? And if they get long sentences, there will be riots because they're black and they got harsher sentencing? Hard to say. Another email, no name on this. And what did the uh, Floyd-involved officers get charged with and how long must they serve? Well, the person that actually killed George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, is serving 22 years for manslaughter. And he's also serving another 20 years for violating George Floyd's civil rights. Now, the maximum for the manslaughter was 25 years. So he got 22 instead of 25 years. So, I mean, I guess you could say he got off easier than what could have been the maximum, although 22 years as opposed to 25 years is close. He's not going to be out anytime soon, and he's got five years of supervised probation um, even after, if or when he does get out of prison. That's a pretty stiff penalty for manslaughter. He didn't get off with a wrist slap. He didn't get off easy. I personally don't see these officers, if they are found guilty, that they're going to get off easy either. Another email, no name. Even if the officers involved do go to jail, and don't get me wrong, they should, but they still do less time than your typical non-police officer thug. That's just my opinion. Nobody knows all the details at this time. You're right. We, d- we don't know the details as of this time. We know what we're hearing. We know what the uh, police department is saying. And, you know, kudos to the Memphis Police Department because they have been pretty open and transparent as far as we know. They released the video fairly quickly. You've had a lot of times where police said, we can't release the police video um, because it might impede the investigation and the need to keep it secret for the investigation oversees the rights of the public to know um, Memphis didn't do that the Memphis Police Department released the video it's horrifying video it's video that will be used in court because it is actually video from police officers cameras we don't know all the details however as of right now it's not looking good Email in Mike at KBY.com. You don't think that a few trained officers could control the situation at the Boise Town Square and give credible eyes on intel to determine if backup is even necessary? I do and very much would like to see that happen. That many cops responding causes confusion and is a waste of tax dollars. That's just my opinion. Look, I'm not a police officer. And you're right. In this situation, it would have worked out fine if you just sent a couple of undercover officers, as was mentioned by an earlier email, to... Check out the situation before half the police force showed up. However, it's, it's easy to do 2020 hindsight. You know, your vision backwards is, is excellent. But what, af- what happens if these were a legitimate threat like a couple of years ago where there was a person who was actually shooting people in the Boise Town Square Mall and you waited and just sent a couple of officers 
when if you would have sent a whole bunch of officers, that person is put down. Once again, I'm, I know, I know, I'm saying, you know, what if? But you're you're kind of doing the same thing here. Luckily, this turned out to be nothing more than a couple of teenage knuckleheads who were being stupid with airsoft rifles. What if it hadn't been? What if it had been a bad guy with a gun who was bound and determined to want to do damage to people who happen to be shopping at the mall? You can't take that risk. Now, I'm not a cop. Maybe a police officer listening or a former police officer listening can weigh in on this, uh, on why you don't just send a couple of officers in a situation when you hear that there might be a possibility of shooters at the Boise Town Square Mall. Why Why wouldn't you just send a couple of officers to check it out first before you call the whole police department? If we happen to have a former officer or an officer would like to weigh in on that, please feel free. 208-336-3700. We'll take a break. More of your phone calls and emails coming up. You can get through Mike at KBOI.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email us, Mike at KBOI.com. Chris is off sick once again today so if you're going to email just email me mike at kboi.com you can also text us same as our main number also stick around still on the way boise golf show tickets they will be coming up sometime this hour be ready to win call at 208-336-3700 when i tell you don't call now we'll tell you when to call and you can get those uh, pair of tickets for the golf show coming up here next weekend uh some more emails coming in here this morning uh tim writes in uh mike at kbui.com i know you golf and i know you drink i would pull you over and say i smell alcohol run you through the tests if you passed and i would say you're on drugs put you through the system at your own expense you could still sue but good luck tim you're an example uh of the opposite of what we had earlier this morning you're the type of person who should not be a cop and should be removed from the system if that's truly the way you feel, that you just want to do it just to do it. Those are the type of people we don't need being police officers anymore. Clay writes in, uh, Clay from the wild, wild west, the mall situation, a report of possible shooters will always bring a strong response because officers have to secure the scene quickly. Then and only then is it safe for detectives to do an in-depth investigation. Anyone who thinks one or two officers are enough have never worn a badge and should stay in their own lane. And we've got a few of those. Here's another one, uh, Mike at KBUI.com. Why would they wait? The few undercovers could and would take down the bad guys, so I don't get your logic. All right, here, let me let me take that logic one step. Say one or two officers showed up. Say the two idiots knuckleheads the teenagers who were there with guns yesterday actually did have guns say those two people shot the police officers now you have no police officers on the scene and you have two people with bad guys with guns looking to shoot people now what do you do you have you have to wait for a response another five ten minutes for more police to show up that's why worst case scenario you want to be prepared for the worst case scenario their police it's our police's job to show up to do and protect. Why would you not want them to do their job? Text message in. Um, this is an interesting one. It says just because you're discussing it, two of the three pictures that I am sending you are airsoft guns. One is real. 
Not hard to understand why people call when they see situations like this. Um, and there's no name on this, but I will tell you, if you're uh, listening this morning, I looked at all three of these pictures that you've sent. And these are up-close pictures, two handguns and what looks like uh, AK-47-type we- weapon or an AR-15-type weapon. I could not tell you which one was real and which one wasn't. I'm curious, though, so write me back and tell me which one is the airsoft pistol and or airsoft gun and which are, are the real two real ones. I, I, I can't tell. Frank writes in on the uh, Lisa Sanchez thing. This Lisa Sanchez spending issue will get very ugly before it's over. I read somewhere that she was renting from one of the other city council members. What's the connection there? Something is up and it stinks. Maybe. Maybe not. Once again, these are just allegations she hasn't answered to as of yet. But trust me, there's going to be pressure on her to uh, answer what some of these campaign funds were spent on. Was it legitimate? And they very well could be. Text message in says, I was going into law enforcement, and then once I got a dose of the good old boys network, I left the idea behind. I would get Serpicote. What happened in Memphis is absolutely beyond anything that is required of a police officer, despite being supportive of law and order. I hope these guys pay dearly. They're not cops or monsters with a badge. CJ writes, I hope that the baby isn't thrown out with the bathwater in regards to the folks in Memphis getting fired over what happened. The officers who did this need to be held accountable. I hope that cooler heads prevail and that justice is meting out properly to all involved and we don't have a bunch of folks becoming collateral damage for political expediency. Yeah, they haven't said a whole lot on the other two officers who have been relieved from duty and what their role was. You have the five officers who have been relieved from duty. They basically closed the Scorpion Squad, as it was called, disbanded that. And then two more officers were relieved of duty. The five officers originally relieved of duty were um, also charged with murder. Not a whole lot of words coming out of the Memphis Police Department as to what the other two officers were relieved of duty for. I'm sure we're going to find out. want to move on. If you want to continue to uh, weigh in, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Talked a little bit earlier this morning with Congressman Russ Fulcher. Um, and one of the things we talked about was a vote yesterday on vaccine mandates. Seven House Democrats voted with all the Republicans for a bill to lift COVID vaccine mandates for healthcare workers. Despite Democratic leadership advising their conference to vote against the Freedom for Healthcare Workers Act, several members, seven of them, voted with Republicans anyway. Bill requires that healthcare centers accepting Medicare or Medicaid rescind rules that staff be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, and that the Department of Health and Human Services cannot institute a similar vaccine mandate. The healthcare industry is already suffering from a severe workforce shortage that will have drastic effects on our ability to take care of patients. That, according to Representative Michael Burgess of Texas. The personal health decision of whether to receive a vaccine should be left between a patient and their doctor. 
Wow, what have we been saying for the last two years? Federal government has no place in demanding what an American must do for their personal health. For those of you who were for COVID mandates, saying that it protects you, it protects the healthcare workers, it protects other people. Now that we've gotten the studies who have come out over the last couple of years since vaccines were instituted and we saw vaccine mandates across the country, what are your thoughts now that you find out that, especially for those of you who follow the science, we're finding out that vaccines are not 100% effective at stopping COVID infection. They're not 100% effective at somebody getting COVID from you if you're infected. They do have shown, have shown to work at making less of a chance for you to have to go to the hospital to get seriously ill or to die. It lessens your chances of doing that. But if the public health emergency was put in for protection of other people, and now we're getting proof that that isn't working, isn't it time we got rid of the vaccine mandates? Especially with as much problems as you are hearing and people complaining that they can't find health care workers. Because you have health care workers who are saying, I don't want to get vaccinated. Well, if it's not going to protect you if you go into the hospital from getting COVID, why, do you, why is it needed? I'll take this one step further. Because of all the people over the last couple of years who said, hey, we have to follow the science. Well, apparently the science is changing. An international research collaboration that reviewed several dozen rigorous studies of physical interventions against both COVID-19 and influenza. So this is against both of those through last year, failed to find even a modest effect on infection or illness rates from masks of all qualities. In other words, science is in, masks did not work. Published in a peer review, Cochrane database of systemic, uh, systematic reviews run by the British evidence-based medicine charity Cochrane, the study raises new doubts about ongoing mask mandates and public health recommendations worldwide. Now, the CDC has still recommended masking in areas with high transmission levels. Masks are still required in education institutions and democratic strongholds such as New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Washington, and California. Author Carl Hennigan, director of the Center for Evidence-Based Medicine at University of Oxford, gave a brief summary of the study. Findings on Twitter said the team added 11 new randomized controlled trials, which randomized groups of subjects rather than individuals to its prior review from November of 2020 for a total of 78 total studies. The additions included COVID pandemic trials, two from Mexico, one each from England, Norway, Denmark, and Bangladesh. Bangladesh mass study found no effect for surgical masks under age 50 and a difference of only 20 infections between the control group and treatment groups, and this was a large study, 342,000 adults. And the difference was only 20 infections in that 342,000 adults from people wearing masks and people not wearing masks getting infected with flu or COVID-19.
208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to weigh in, here's your chance to do it. Take a break. Email Mike at KBY.com. You can also text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The two federal emergencies for COVID have been in place since early 2020. That's about three years ago now. And the Biden administration sees an end in sight. In a statement, the White House announced the administration's plan is to extend the emergency declarations to May 11th and then end both emergencies on that date. That follows some conflicting messages in recent months. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. That was the president back in September, a statement the White House quickly walked back at the time because declaring an end to the pandemic could have a big impact on relief programs and policies, including border restrictions. 208-336-3700. It's nice to see. It was you got May, so you got January, February, March, April. Man, that's five months. And then you have uh, November, December. Seven months after... President Biden declared that the COVID pandemic was over. He's finally going to put an end to the emergency declaration. Seven months later. It took him seven months. Seven months. For those of you who, and there were a lot because we, man, I remember this conversation happened almost every day, at least every week during the COVID pandemic. And... So many people who called in said, you got to follow the science. Science is saying you got to get your COVID shot. It's okay that it's mandated by companies because you're protecting other human beings. It's okay that they mandate that you wear masks. You're protecting other human beings. You're protecting your coworkers. Are you still going to say follow the science now that the science is coming in and science saying that the vaccine, not 100% effective from keeping you to from getting COVID, not effective in keeping somebody else, if you have COVID, from getting COVID? And now the study that I just gave you, and this is a massive study, saying that masks effectively didn't work and don't work, and not just for COVID, but also for the flu. Now, the updated Cochrane review included 10 cluster studies in that community or in the community and two with healthcare worker studies totaling 290,000 participants. This isn't a small study. This isn't a thousand people. 290,000 participants carrying the, uh, comparing the effect of surgical masks versus no masks. So we're talking surgical, not just, you know, wearing a cloth across or one of the cheap masks. These are surgical masks comparing them to no masks. According to the study, community mask wearing makes little to no difference in either influenza-like or COVID-like illnesses. 290,000 people studied. Are, you gonna, are people going to start following the science now because that was what everybody got told? It's like you're an idiot if you're not going to follow the science. All those companies that required masks, and there were a lot of them. Boise, remember? Boise was the entire city. You were required to wear a mask if you went anywhere within Boise. You still have states that require masking in certain situations. You have states that require 
vaccine, uh, vaccinating against COVID if you want to work for certain health care workers or healthcare entities, or if you want to work for city governments. If it works so well, why doesn't it work? 208-336-3700. Brent and Boise, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Uh, hello. Hello. I just wanted to, uh, my, my name is Brent. I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the whole vaccine and the masks. I just feel like we are so polar in the, the way we look at things. In the, and I like to compare, like, say, the vaccine to, say, a bulletproof vest. If an officer is going to go into a hostile situation with a bulletproof vest, is that going to guarantee his safety? No, it's not. It's going to be comparable to, say, a vaccine that will help people for the most part, but is not guaranteed. That would be my analogy. It's a little bit different in the fact that everybody was telling, you know, CDC, people that were requiring masks were saying that not just protected, and I get the part, because there is proof that the COVID vaccine protects you against getting really sick, being hospitalized, or your chances of death. It does protect you against that. But originally what was being said is the reason you have to get vaccinated is because it's going to protect your fellow coworker from getting COVID if you have it. Or if somebody else around you has it, it will stop you from getting infected. That's not the, It's turned out not to be the case. Well, I, I can agree with you somewhat because it's not like we can actually physically see the virus, and that's the problem. But the science still is out there and has said that there is proof that the vaccines do help. As far as the masks go, the problem is, is I could probably look at nine people out of ten, and the far majority of them were not wearing the mask correctly to start out with, or they'd pull them off and so forth, so they were near, not nearly as effective as they should have been. But, um, you know, as far as people that I know that got the COVID virus, the only ones that have you know, no, no taste or smell or have been admitted to the hospital were ones that did not get the vaccine. And everybody that I know that has had the vaccine, I haven't had, known any of them that have, have been admitted to the hospital. So that in itself kind of tells me that, you know, follow the science. And I would say that the far majority of people that I know actually got vaccinated and yet the few that I know that did not get vaccinated, those are the ones that actually have had the more major complications because I had uh, a relative that actually went to the hospital, got you know pneumonia uh, from the, the COVID, and uh, he went into uh, right. a coma and so forth. But like I said, the, the people that I know that have had the worst complications were the non-vaccinated people. And I, and and I totally get that, and I agree with you. But where that is the one thing that it protects you against, making so that you might not get as sick, might not die, might not have to go to the hospital. Is that a reason to make everybody get the vaccine? That you, man, um, well, that you I mean, mandate it? Well, I, I would say more mandate, more so in the hospital environment, because there are diseases in hospitals anyway that are going through there that need to be protected from. Why, why do surgeons wear masks all the time? They've obviously felt that there was some sort of need to do that prior to the whole COVID thing. Right, and so, uh, the reason the reason for masks, surgeons wearing masks, is so that you don't get actual spittle and stuff like that. That you know, large things falling into open wounds that can be uh, problematic. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Um, we'll take right. a break. Need to take a break here. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Also, as we go to break, promise we're going to have the Boise uh, golf show tickets for you right now. 
Um, we got lines open if you want to go in and call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. For the rest of you who are waiting on hold, don't go anywhere. I promise we're going to get to you. We got news coming up here next. Boise Golf Show tickets. Call number 6, 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Brian Roberts. Caller number six picked himself up a pair of tickets to the Boise Golf Show. If you're into uh, golf and uh, want to go try out some of the new equipment for 2023, maybe make a couple of deals. They're willing to sell stuff to you. Trust me, I know from personal experience. The uh, Boise Golf Show is coming up next weekend. We'll have more tickets to give away coming up here tomorrow morning and Friday morning here on News Talk KBOI. Biden announced yesterday the uh, emergency, health emergency, due to COVID-19 is going to end on May 10th. So we won't have to uh, worry about mask mandates, vaccine mandates, because the health emergency is going to be over. But we got four more months, over four more months to go. Right at four uh, four months and ten days. Your thoughts this morning? Um, Text message in, no name on this one, says, if I remember correctly, you and Chris... We're for all businesses mandating the shot for people to keep their jobs. Hypocritical much? Okay, Chris is gone today. I can't speak for him. But you are 100, no, 1,000% incorrect. That is not what I said. I have never been in favor of businesses being able to mandate people getting shots to keep their job. What I said was, that businesses have the right, private businesses have the right to make that necessary. And it's proven by the fact that there were numerous lawsuits of private businesses mandating that their employees be vaccinated against COVID to keep their job, and they won in court. That's what I said. Now, I didn't agree with it. I still don't agree with it. And I, that's, that's talking from somebody who was mandated even though I probably would have got the shot anyway, um, mandated here at work, everybody here had to be vaccinated for COVID. I was never for any mandate. I'm almost never in form of government or mandates, but I respect the fact that as a private business, if you want to mandate something and if you want to work there, you have to follow that mandate. I get that. You can't argue with that. Because it's backed up in court by the numerous lawsuits that were filed by companies, people, employees of these companies who were mandating vaccines, and the courts all said, no, as a private business, they have the right to mandate that you get flu shots, COVID shots, whatever. That's what I said. I did not say I was for businesses mandating the shot. You completely missed the context, but thanks for writing in anyway. I'm glad I could straighten you out. Neil in uh, Eagle, thank you for being patient this morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I don't, um, as far as mandates are concerned, I mean, unless you're, the disease you're talking about has a very high kill ratio, then I would, I would suggest that mandates are, are not a good thing ever. And it's surprising we're sort of talking about this stuff still, and I get, you know, somewhat why, because a lot of people are still, mixed up about following the science because follow who science Fauci's the CDC's I mean both of 
them deliberately put out just absolutely crap information to make people fearful. The people who needed to make sure that they got the COVID shots were people that had uh, comorbidities or immune deficiencies like the elderly. Um, I don't even think they needed to have boosters with the exception of the very elderly people whose immune systems are waning. Those people required it. Everybody else under 65 didn't require it and certainly don't require a mandate to force them to get to do that. Well, and who knew? Originally, when uh, Anthony Fauci said that masks don't work, who knew when he lied about that? Because he said later that that was a lie. The only reason that he told the lie is because he didn't want everybody rushing out to purchase masks when the masks were low and they were needed for healthcare workers. Who knew that here we are three years later and his lie actually turned out to be the truth, that masks really, really didn't work? That's right. You have to you have to to do more than just listen to general news. So I followed a couple of doctors in California, uh, and a couple of uh, doctors outside of California too that knew very early on because they worked in ERs. I think very early on that masks weren't going to be effective, and we knew very early on too that the the uh, shots were effective only against uh, severe COVID and perhaps long COVID, right? And so um, we kind of already knew this, you know, going in. The information was out there, but not the information from the general media. And and here's what's interesting. We still have a commercial that runs here in Idaho. I can't remember what station it's on, but in Idaho, and it's coming from the Idaho government or health department or something, where there's a couple of people saying that they got the vaccination and feel good because they're protecting others. They are not protecting others. You can get you can have the vaccination, be infected, go to your friend's house, give them a hug, sneeze in their face, all this kind of stuff, and they're going to get COVID. So the shot isn't going to do anything for you, and yet that's what we're still espousing on our channels here in Idaho. Yeah, I haven't heard the uh, commercial that you're specifically referring to, but you're right. If, if they're saying, hey, it um, decreases your chance at getting COVID or giving COVID, then, yeah, they're not, that's, not a, that's not true. Based on the science, and if all along we're told to follow the science, then that's not true. That's right. So we need to rethink. I'll tell you what. The CDC needs to be investigated so desperately. Um, it's, it's not even funny. The, the COVID, for a long, long time, they have been using this in schools and uh, places where there's a lot of uh, people gathering as sort of a fear factor, super spreader. That hasn't been the case. What is the case is this, and I'm okay with this. If you're not feeling well, stay home. Yeah. If, you're, if you've got elderly, like multi-generational people living in your house and you're getting sick, you got to isolate. And guess what? If you're around them and feel better that you're going to wear a mask around them, by all means, go for it. But a mandate? No. And I'd be... I, I will yeah. say even take that one step further. I think that maybe one good thing that will come out of this, yeah. and I don't know about, you know, during your life, being around people at work, being people around people that go to school, you know, that most bosses, you know, you're told, hey, suck it up. If you're not in the hospital, then you need to come to work. Right. I think the one biggest change we have seen out of this is just what you just said. If you don't feel good, if you have the cold or flu so that you don't infect other people or COVID, don't come to work. Don't 
don't suck it up and be an Iron Man and say, hey, look, I never missed a day of work. I caused, you know, 50 other people to miss a day of work, but I came every day. I think that's the one maybe light bulb moment that we are going to see changed in this country because of COVID is that you're not going to see, for instance, workplaces even say, hey, you need to come to work. I don't care if you're sick. We need you here. You're not going to see that anymore. Right. And you know what you need on that? All the the employer needs to do is just make sure that the the employee knows you're okay. You're not getting fired. You're not, you know, I'd rather have you stay home so that we can remain productive. But people go to work because they feel like they're going to be in trouble for staying home. That's got to change. I agree with you. Thank you for the phone call. Great thoughts, Neil. Debbie in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I just wanted to make a couple of comments. I don't disagree with um, primary uh, things that you guys have been talking about, and particularly the last caller. I just want to share a couple of anecdotal things from my experience. Um, I didn't have a cold for two years wearing masks. Um, I didn't get COVID until about the two-year mark when uh, my husband and I went to a church event without our masks on. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a very strange thing. I know we all have different perspectives on it, um, but I just wanted to share, at least in my experience, um, it was lovely to go two years and not have a cold. And, you know, the mask wearing, I know you were talking about a study that shows they don't work. Um, There were some all along during this time period that showed that they do work. So I think it's really confusing. Um, Obviously, it's terrible that Fauci lied about about the mask business in the first place. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a very confusing situation. And a lot of the stuff we may not know, I don't think, until maybe years later, because it has been so confusing. Lasted so much longer than anybody thought it would. Well, and it's, I mean, quite frankly, it's still going on. It's never going away. Right. You know, it's just going to be something that comes back. It may get less and less but it's never going away it's a virus right it'll still be there yeah thanks for the call debbie appreciate it you bet jerry writes in uh email mike at kby.com hi mike i work for a local company where we were mandated to get the covid vaccine in order to keep our job many of us did some did not some quit guess what my company just doesn't talk about it anymore you'd never know covid was a thing Worked in my company uh, these days. Those that never got the vaccine are working side by side with those of us that did. The ones that left, well, they're gone. Didn't come back. That's the sad part is they mandated. Some of them quit over it. And the ones that just refused to get it, still working for your company. That's the sad part. And the unfortunate part. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a quick break. If you're on the line, stay right where you're at. We'll get to you coming up here next. 
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 3,700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless final segment of the uh, day. James in Garden City writes in, the phrase masks don't work must be misleading and vague at best. When one says work, what was the mask supposed to be doing? My common sense tells me that if everyone wore masks all the time, we would make each other less sick. That is a very basic idea. So the mask wearing is reduced. They will be less preventative, maybe, but all the encompassing and non-nuanced phrases masks don't work cannot be accurately simply based on, and can't be accurate simply based on its vagueness. Um, I'm not basing it on just saying it. This is from multiple studies. As a matter of fact, 78 different studies. Center of Evidence-Based Medicine at the University of Oxford, Carl Hennigan, uh, is the director there. And of these studies, Bangladesh mask study, which found no effect for surgical masks under age 50 and a difference of only 20 infections between control and treatment groups among 342,000 people. So this wasn't a small study. They studied 342,000 people under the age of 50 years old. There was no effect on infection rate of COVID if they wore surgical masks and a difference of only 20 infections between control and treatment groups out of 342,000. So a difference of only 20, which is a negligible. So you could say, well, they didn't work very well instead of they didn't work at all, possibly. Um, another study uh, included 10 community cluster studies and two with healthcare worker studies, totaling about 290,000 participants, comparing the effects of surgical mask versus no mask. According to the study, community mask wearing makes little to no difference in either infections of COVID or influenza. So they did this both on, on influenza, regular flu, and COVID, and found little to no difference. And that's 290,000 people that they tested there. So we're not just saying, this isn't just a, a general statement that masks don't work. This is, this is coming from a couple of studies, 78, I guess it's more than a couple, but 78 different studies saying there were little to no effect in wearing masks to protect against COVID. Hope that gives you a little bit better context. Um, Dallas writes in uh, instant message says, Lisa Sanchez, the oppressed renter in the news again, as Desi Arnaz would say, Lisa, you've got some explaining to do. Hopefully I did that good enough for you as, as Desi Arnaz. Uh, I nominate Nate Shellman with one L for the council member position. Note, Nate is also a renter. Yes, he is. And he lives in Boise. Maybe we uh, should get a uh, start signing signatures to get him to run city council. Do you want Nate on the city council? Nate Shellman, 1L on city council? <sighs> Paul in Nampa, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Um, yeah, I just I wanted to make a couple of comments real quick. One, one about the, the five officers that basically murdered that individual mm-hmm. first mistake he made as a as being pulled over by the police was he didn't adhere to the commands that were given him 
Now, that doesn't explain and it doesn't excuse their reaction from that point. But it just solidifies me one more time that if I get pulled over by an officer, whether he's black, white, brown, purple, orange, it doesn't matter. If he asks me to see my driver's license, registration, and proof of insurance and my hands, I'm going to keep my hands on the wheel until he tells me to get that stuff out of my glove box. You just, you got to play by their rules and you're not going to get killed. I mean, that's the way I see it. And, you know, there's certain places where I wouldn't want to go as a motorist. That would be predominantly a black area. I just, I I would go around and I've been through Oakland and it's scary to say the least. Now, Paul, I, I, I will say, and thank you for the call, um, you know, when you look at George Floyd, he did follow the rules. They had him down on the ground. There's no reason to kneel on a guy's neck for however long it did, which ended up causing him to be killed. He's not. You can't say he wasn't following the rules. He's on the ground handcuffed. He's not going to get away, and yet there was Derek Chauvin kneeling on the back of his neck, which ended up causing him to die. So there are exceptions to the rule. Text message in at 208-336-3700. This goes out to the emailer a little bit earlier who said that you should only send a couple of people, undercover police officers, to investigate when you have teenage kids at the mall to make sure there's an actual threat. When someone calls the fire department, they don't just send one guy to check out the smoke to see if there really is a fire. You send everybody out and start trimming from there. Another good point. John writes, Mike at KBY.com, in an email, surgical mask in surgery, yes. Masks in any other space, especially outdoors, hell no. Use your brain, McFly. If you're feeling sick, stay at home or at least stay away from others. It's pretty simple. Another email on the uh, other side of this says, staying home sounds good. However, not all people get paid to stay home sick, and some even lose bonuses for missing even one day in a work year. I know that that was the rule before. I, I'm wondering how much that is going to change because of what happened with COVID. We're already starting to see it. Even I, I say this here at our work. We've already seen guidance at our work saying, if you're sick, stay home. If you have the sniffles, don't come to work. Will it change everywhere? Maybe not. Thanks for the phone calls and emails. Uh, Chris out sick today. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Um, coming up tomorrow morning, of course, legislature will be in. We'll have lots more to talk about coming up tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow morning. Other than that, on a 20-hour break, we'll talk again tomorrow.